All right, welcome to the debut show of Hometown Threads here on 14 WILI 95.3 and Willimantic Today Facebook. This is kind of, of a groundbreaking moment here, uh, kind of like a TV show on Facebook right here in our town, Willimantic, Connecticut. Uh, my name is Keith C. Rice. We'll get to our special guest in just a second, our first guest here on Hometown Threads. I'll we'll tell you a little about uh, what Hometown Threads is all about and when you can expect every Tuesday and Wednesday when the show will be on Facebook. It'll air on uh, Willimantic Today on Wednesdays. And a uh, big thanks to uh, RJ and the admin team over at Willimantic Today. Uh, I guess I should send out my thank yous right now. Matt Rupar, J. Matt Rupar is producing here at the radio station. And uh, everyone that uh, gave me a thumbs up to give this show a go including the gentleman right to my uh, right here. Many of you already know, just a sec, but Hometown Threads every Tuesday uh, here on WILI, 5.05 to 5.30. You can expect uh, stories, um, inspiring stories from local business owners and how the uh, how their company was started. Uh, maybe just a wonderful member from our community that's just got an inspiring story to tell. It doesn't have to necessarily be a local business owner. So with that being said, let's get the show started. We have about 20, 25 minutes to work with, and it is a pleasure to bring in our first ever guest on Hometown Threads. Speaking of local businesses, couldn't ask for a better first guest, a Rice. I'm Keith C. Rice. This is my father, Colin K. Rice. And today we'll talk a little about another Rice, Herbert C. Rice. But, Dad, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, this show just came about, well, within the past few weeks. And uh, you're one of the first people to, you know, uh, sign off on it. So, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be part of a, uh, what would you call, inaugural launch. I was going to use that word, inaugural yeah. launch, right? By the way, I have this small thing. Is hometown one word? Yes, it is. Okay, so if we ever shortened it, it'd be HT, hometown thread. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'm so, happy to be here. Here we are, uh, hometown threads uh, on WILI and Willimantic Today Facebook. Um, so let's get right to it. There, we have so many amazing stories which led to the concept of this show, like uh, just people that come in to record commercials. I can name mm -hmm. a few people. Chris McNabo from Horizons, Dave Walner from Willie Brew. We have so many great local businesses in this town, in this area, right. that just uh, nobody really knows how the business got started. So WILI, Nutmeg Broadcasting, I've been, well, in and out of the station for, for the past 30-plus years. And um, here I am, and, I, and I, I've, I, I pretty much know the story, but I love hearing it again. How did Grandpa get WILI started Oh, back in 1957. Well, the station actually went on the air, as we all know. Wayne reminds us every year, October 5th, 12 noon, 1957. But Herb Rice was not involved with the station. A couple of gentlemen from Putnam, Connecticut were. I believe the last name was Goyette, and I forgot his partner. They were good at uh, a lot of things, including building uh, radio towers and radio stations, because they had one on in Putnam. WPCT, which preceded WINY. 1350, was on first. They were on in 1955. So then they said, let's build another one in Willimantic, and they did. Well, they didn't really, well, I, I actually, I always say they didn't really know how to run it right, but they had other interests. So they didn't know about advertising, how difficult it was to write, produce, and sell ads. So in a couple of years, they wanted to do other things. They put it on the market. That's when Herb Rice picked up the fact that this is an opportunity for him and his family. He lived in Stamford, worked in New York, wanted to run a business of his own with some help from, from friends and the bank. He borrowed money, and I believe the story is he paid $80,000 for WILI 1400, which was already on the air, and he did that in 1959. That was my first uh, trip to Willimantic. I was 10 years old, and I came here 
uh, on a summer weekend as my dad was just getting the reins and starting the station. Now, before we continue, was this, uh, you spent a year, well, the family spent a year in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah, it was preceded so, that. Did it go Coeur d'Alene, then Willimantic? Actually, there was about six months at Darien while he got his uh, ducks in a row and got his financing placed. He always had his eye on WILI, but when we came back from Idaho, which was a great three years of my life, we did spend some time in Darien, and then that was six months, and then we were up here. And the first night I spent in Willimantic, it was a weekday because I came up with just my dad. Hotel Hooker? No, right next to it. The, Nath it. the Nathan Hale Hotel. See, you learned something. I didn't, I they had a little this. old guy who uh, ran the elevator, you know, and they had a beautiful restaurant called the Iron Horse. And the, the rooms were very nice hotel rooms. And it had the dining room, and uh, it was a very nice hotel. And I spent the week there. Um, when my dad was at the radio station, I went to Lauder Park and hang around. So and, we, and by the way, the station was, as a lot of people know, out in North Wyndham, in what is now we call the dentist office, uh, Connecticut Orthodontics or whatever it by is. By the airport, right? Right, by the airport. That was the radio station. What was... WILI 1400, before it was WILI. Who was running it and what was the format? And... I, know, I know very little about that. Oh, okay. Maybe Wayne does. No, I couldn't tell you. So, the so all right, so uh, October 5th is when... Uh... It went on the air, but we bought it in the summer of 59, two years later. Okay, so that's when it became officially in Rice, in, in the Rice yeah, Games, 1959. Yeah, right. By the way, the original company was Willie Broadcasting, because it was only the one radio station. Didn't become Nutmeg for another 10 years. Something else I didn't know. I always thought it was Nutmeg. After WINY, my father, uh, who already knew who Mike Girardi was because he worked for him, found out about WPCT, remember Putnam, Connecticut, and he bought that from Goyette. And so it became Willie, and he changed the call letters in Putnam to Winnie. Willie and Winnie. So Willie and Winnie pretty much came together around the same time. Yeah, right? I would say it was about three years between the two. Okay, so tell us about the early years. Uh, well, what you can remember what Grandpa had told you about when, in 1959, when the station first signed on. Do you remember any of Grandpa's, did he tell you? I know you don't, well, you were like 12 years old. But any of Grandpa's early hires or, uh, do you remember listening to the station or were you hanging around Oh, sure. Around I listened there, on a crystal radio. Matt, do you know what a crystal radio is? No. A crystal radio is literally a little crystal chip in a, in a piece of aluminum, and you put a needle on it, and then you tune on a coil. You tune. There's no power. There's, it's absolutely powerless radio, and that crystal can find frequencies, and it found 1,400, and you put an earpiece, and you can listen to the radio station from the crystal. It's called crystal radio, and uh, I used to listen because it was cool. It was like a Boy Scout project, and you tuned in your local radio station. Anyway, uh, I knew very little bit about the politics of running radio. I knew there was a lot of, a lot of pressure on Dad to, uh, to turn a profit, you know, pay his bills. And he learned very quickly that having a radio station in North Wyndham, people could hear it on all their radios, but they weren't really listening because they were listening to WTIC. Why? Because that's how they grew up. WTIC was their radio station. Oh, there's a radio station in town? Well, I have everything I need right here. 50,000-watt blowtorches. Right. My Bob Steele. Why right. would you want anything else? It gives me everything I need. So my father realized that. So that leads me to my next question. Yeah. From North Wyndham, WILI eventually moved to 948 Main Street. Right. And tell us about uh, when that all happened and how it all went down. 
For you newcomers out there, 948 is right now Stone Row. Used to be Cafe Mantic. That building was the broadcast house, and it said right on it, broadcast house, and it had a large plate glass window in the center and two smaller windows on the left and right. We have a picture back there. And in the center window was the man, mostly men at the time, on the air. So anybody driving up and down Main Street, and if you're familiar with Willimantic in the 60s, Main Street was the place to be. There was no mall, and there was Thursday night shopping, and it was a very busy town. People driving by the radio station at 948 Main Street would look in the glass window and say, What's that guy saying? And we had a little sign that said it's 1400. So they turned their local radio station on out of curiosity, and then they became listeners. Um, how did Grandpa find that location? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't in on that. I can't tell you that. I just didn't know if he ever went and told That's a great location. I mean, that's Well, he had a local contractor build the building. Actually, uh, Evelyn Lonigan built it, and, and he rented the ground floor. Wow. And that's where I got my start in that, that building, which is, as he just said, uh, And I got a story Stone, about, about our host, Keith Rice. Huh? Keith Rice would listen to Henry Paulus at night, and Henry Paulus would do the station breaks between midnight you and explain six. who Henry is. Henry is affectionately... Uh, oh, come on. Affectionately, he's the doctor. Well, that's what I was about to say. No one knows him as Henry Paulus. He's the doctor. The doc. Yeah. So go ahead. Anyway, Henry would do overnights, and he came to us from Wyndham High, and all he would do were the station breaks at the top and bottom of the hour, and he would go, this is overnight now. And Keith would be listening at the age of, I don't know, four or five. Ten. Well, and he, no. Yeah, but th you were pretty young at the time. And he'd go, W-I-L-I, well, I'm antic. So one day, my little boy comes to me and he says, could I see the man who does that? Is he down there on the radio? I said, yeah, he's down there on the radio. I said, yeah, okay, we'll go down there some night. So some night we get in the car, we drive by, and there's Henry in the big glass window. And he was, he got the bug. He said, that's the guy on the radio. You I know, <laughs> that's how I got the bug. I, I, I like to give the late and great Larry King a lot of credit, but that story he just told is absolutely true. Um, I guess I was probably like, yeah, five or six in that range where I hear Henry's voice, who was running the board for the, the syndic nationally syndicated Larry King show, <clears throat> and right. I was so fascinated. I wonder if Doc even knows that. Yeah. I had such a, like, wow, that is so cool. And then he'd show me Henry in that little window. I was like, yeah, that's that's how it all, I was. I fell in love with the business. Yeah, and there's something about late night radio when you realize you're not the only one up. There's other people up. Of course there are. There are policemen and people who are working at the waterworks. There's, but this guy is on the radio, and, and he's talking to me. I'd, I'd like to see what he looks like. <laughs> oh, the Doc. So there's so many great early stories that are uh, Connect, especially, of course, you know, I go back to 948, where I first started, 948 Main Street, now Stone Stone Road Kitchen and Bar, as you said, formerly Cafe Mantic, and um, not a day goes by where I drive by that place. I look mm -hmm. in, you know, whereabouts, where that window was, and that's where I was, you know, Wayno first hired me, I cracked the mic there, and, um, you know, when we were doing live commercial tags back then, that's when, you know, you hear a commercial and you actually would come on live and do the tag, mm -hmm. and I'll never forget, when I first cracked the mic there, it was a Sunday afternoon, and Wayno used to come in, and he's there all the time. And uh, he's standing behind me. I do the five-second tag, and then he, um, he he reaches over my shoulder. I was so excited. He turns off the mic. I was so excited. I forgot to turn off the microphone. <laughs> but um, so how did you? You know, we, we now we know how the how the business started, how 948 Main Street came about. How did you? you you're in, you have an engineering degree from Villanova University, a fine university, a fine institution. How did you become the engineer uh, and an executive at the same time? 
Oh, it wasn't the same time. Well, not at the same time. How did Grandpa kind of uh, rope you in there? Well, he said, he, um, my family, my father and mother had six children, and two of them were boys, and the oldest was Michael, and my father said, you're, you're going to go to college and become an engineer because one of the things that you didn't have a lot of at the time were engineers to keep you on the air, and the technology was a little bit rougher and more crude, so when your transmitter off the air, you really had to fix it and not just go to a backup. It was the only transmitter you had. So he relied on, of all things, a television repairman. And, and, and if there was a problem at the station, he needed the television repairman who's had a local business to come and fix his transmitter. Well, he has an appointment at Mrs. Smith's house. I'll be there after I fix her TV. No, we're off the air. We can't sell anything. <laughs> anyway, he says, sent, our, sent his boys to college to become electrical engineers. And Uncle Mike was the engineer. He worked at Electromotive and took care of the station. And then a few years later, I would say five or six, I came and I, I was the full-time engineer. Now, honestly, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're my dad. I can do that. Well, at least I think I can. I'll, maybe I'll pay the price later. I, you, you've, you, being the engineer, you're still the engineer to this day. By the way, he gets the call first and I get the call. What happened this morning? <laughs> Let me guess. Did the station go off the air? The anyway, power went off. Did okay, you know yes, that? The power Matt? went off. Yes. Yeah. Brief power outage. It was a Main Street power outage. So one of us usually gets the call these days to put the station back on the air. So I guess I'm kind of an engineer. I don't have a degree. Yes, no. But um, anyway, it, this is what I want to ask you. I know Grandpa wanted you to be an engineer. Did you have any say in it? Put him up. No, actually, I didn't. If, I, <laughs> if he was going to pay my uh, college loan bill, and he did. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. No, uh I don't know what I would have done. I was pretty good at math. I didn't know much about electronics. Yeah, so, did you have a backup plan? I never I never even no. asked you that. You never had a backup plan? No. Wow. No, I was going to college. I don't know what happens next. No, if you did, I mean, if you, uh, yeah, never became engineer, an engineer and then a yeah. sales exec and executive vice president. Anyway, we all know what happened, and, and it's worked out well, especially with the family business. And now, you know, Hall Communications took over in 2005. Um, and they're almost like an extended family. But I, I got to say... What are some of your highlights over the years, and, and when did you actually? This, this this is the first question after the engineering. When did you uh, merge into sales and, and then uh, become an executive? Well, that was gradual. I would say the next ten years of my life, seventies, early eighties, was all engineering because we built some radio stations, and we expanded the company, and. Uh, then I would say early 80s, I would take on a few accounts uh, because we had sold Southington. That, that commute was no longer on the record. WNTY in Southington. Right. And uh, I believe right around a uh, little bit later, we sold Old Saybrook, WLIS. So I was in town more. And um, engineering became a little bit more uh, common sense because the equipment was just getting better. And we had backup. And, and so I took on a few accounts uh, and just... I didn't really go into sales as a major uh, income producer. I just went in there because it was uh, um, it was the thing to do, and, and I'm glad I did because I established new relationships. And you bring up a good point. You did have more help back then. We had an, actually an engineer, the late and great Craig Mellon, who we yep. miss dearly. Um, and then uh, the sales staff grew. And of course, we had you mentioned. Uh, I know you mentioned that we sold LIS then. But we didn't sell Winnie and uh, W-I-N-Y, as we call it, Winnie, no. Putnam, until a little bit later. Right? Late 80s, yep. My, sold it to, uh, my dad sold it to my, uh, his son-in-law, my uh, brother-in-law, Mike Girardi, and uh, his wife, my, our sister, Kathy, 
And that that was a hometown deal. I mean, he grew up in Putnam, and he and, and they ran a tremendous radio station, and that now is owned by Gary O because Mike's retired, and he lives in Florida. And Gary O is uh, kind of like the uh, Wayno of Putnam, I guess. Yeah, I would say. say so. And boy, and um, you know, as we like to really keep it local here, I think we do a pretty good job at it. Gary O in Putnam, we got to give him a lot of props. Yep. He, uh, they, he's that's exactly uh, how he wanted to run, it, and he's uh, he's done a tremendous job of that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we have about uh, what, five, ten minutes left of this debut show of uh, Hometown Threads here on 14 WILI 95.3. What's that called? And when you guys do it on talk shows, you reformat, you... You got to reset. 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 And Who's the guest? This is Colin Rice. Oh, hi. <laughs> I was getting to that, No, actually. resetting is great. I know, I interrupted you. Reset. It's very important That's in talk right. radio. You never know when someone just turned on the dial, just like giving the score of the game. That's right. And somebody who could be watching this on Willamette right. Today Facebook halfway through... Uh, right. Who, yeah. who is this? Reset. Maybe uh, somebody fell asleep watching this on Facebook. So I'm Keith C. Rice. This is Colin K. Rice. Uh, these are the studios of 14 WILI 95.3 FM. Hometown Threads is the show. Brand new show, 5 to 5, 5.05 to 5.30 on the radio Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You can look for it atop uh, Will and Manic Today Facebook. So as we get ready to almost wrap this first show up, how about some of the... Um, some of the main highlights that uh, jump out of you okay, all your okay. years? Uh, Matt, you'll love this. Um, you got to remember, uh, the generation growing up in the seventies was a little bit more, I won't say playful we have college influence here and there was plenty of, and Wayne was of that age where he attracted listeners with imaginations and, uh, Halloween is always a big deal around the country. Mischief night. You know what mischief night is? Amateur it was, night. It wasn't, wasn't it the, always the 30th though? The day before. In any case, the day, the night before Halloween, there'd always be pranksters, and they'd set up a little something on the what is called the major parcel, a little uh, motif about something political. You know, every year it'd be something different. Here are the two biggies I remember. One year they put a Volkswagen on the footbridge, and I don't think the engine was in, so they carried it and left it on the footbridge. That was one. Uh, another one was they built a rocket ship. Where um, 700 Main Street is, that's the... Um, Art space? Uh, uh, no, right next door. That's where Joe Duval's building is. Oh, uh, It, it yeah. was an empty lot. And they built a rocket ship uh, w- with a, a voice in it saying, uh, countdown to launch, launch failure. Something like that. And the joke was, all the buildings had been knocked down during redevelopment, but nothing was ever built in their place. That building wasn't there. This building wasn't here. And they're making fun of the fact that Willamette Redevelopment Agency was great at knocking down buildings, and there were a lot of buildings here, but they're not great at building anything. Launch failure. Here's the best one. One day, uh, uh, one Halloween, Wayne wakes up. He's on the radio. As he comes into Main Street, he sees a big green footprint on Main Street, like a a footprint right down the middle of the Main Street. And then... (laughs) And then while he's on the air and it's just getting light, he's talking about it because they knew he would talk about it. A head pops up with a mask on and they take the footprint, which is like a big pad, and he stamps a green footprint on the window and runs away. Prankster. And it gave Wayne all kinds of stuff to talk about. If we had camera phones, we'd have taken pictures. And they even called him up later on and told him how they did it. They took a Volkswagen, a different Volkswagen, cut out the floor and put in a wheel with, with a stamp on it. So as the foot come up, they would paint it, and then it would go down, and, and it went right down Main Street. That's amazing. Yeah. Every, every Halloween, how there was, was something I, I, I to talk about. I, was, I probably was too young, right? 
Yeah, and 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 th th that's what I remember, the pranksters. And uh, the fact that you were on Main Street, you were always part of something. And uh, it, gave, it gave the host all kinds of things to talk about. Well, as we um, get ready to wrap up the first edition, the first ever edition of Hometown Threads, and uh, my guest here, my father, Colin K. Rice, I'm Keith C. Rice, talking about how WILI came to existence. Yep. Um, why don't we just name a few people that have made this place go over the years, people that uh, sure. aren't, aren't with us anymore, I mean, yeah. not working here or not even uh, on this earth anymore, but with people we should probably mention. Yeah. Uh, if you want to name some names and... Uh, Oh, I'm going to miss some. I mean, there's uh, so many people. Matt, how much time? Four minutes. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, the, the, the people I knew before I was even here were very important because they had a real news presence like Jay Johnson. But then when Dave and Wayne came from UConn, they really put together a format that was unusual for AM. And, uh, and it really clicked. And a lot of our talent came from uh, university. Uh, there was Larry Davis. There was Dan Hayden. And uh, they, they came from all over because we had a unique format. We were right next to Shabu. We had all kinds of music influences. And we were a stereo AM, which was kind of like a laugh. But we were um, stereo mono or whatever. In any case, th those people were key to building the, the uh, infrastructure here that, that made us a success. And then we got the FM in the mid-'80s. I was just about to say, and I'm glad you – oh, that's a perfect transition. This is the man right here that started I-98.3 mm -hmm. uh, back in 1985. Five. You bought the frequency, which was – no, 98.3, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will, was WXLS and WNOU. Yep. And then when you bought it, the frequency – when you bought the frequency in 85 right. – when did when did we first sign it? Was it October of eighty five? Yeah, it was late eighty five, eighty six. So I was yeah. thirteen. And 14. then we built this station. But you, you, listeners have to remember that these uh, AM beat out the FM because we were so integral to the community, and that sounds funny by today's standards. And the FM couldn't make money under different ownership, so they finally caved and they sold it. I want to mention one more person that's made this place great. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. You have always been there behind the scenes, and now you're really in the front of the scenes. And this is a remarkable idea you have here because, let's face it, everything's changing, and radio can be a very integral part of, um, of the Internet, of, uh, what am I trying to say, of social media. Social media. The, the marriage of the two is very interesting, and this is a, a, a launch. That's going to go somewhere. Well, I'm honored, and uh, I literally got goosebumps under my long sleeve shirt here that you're my first guest. And as I, showed, as I said, I know we got to wrap this up. This show was approved so quickly because I really thought, as my father just said, the marriage of radio and social media here in 2022. I thought, you know, doing a radio show is fun, and a local radio show, that's, I'm all about that. But tying it in with, like, such a platform like Facebook and Willimantic Today, mm -hmm. where our community is so, it's such a tight-knit, and they, they love WILI, I figured... Let's get people on, like my father, to talk about how local business has started. There's so many great stories, and not just local business owners, but as I said at the top of the show, uh, we have so many great community members that have great stories as well. So, And isn't it remarkable, these two radio stations, and yes, there's an FM, uh, have morning men that add up to 87 years of continuity? I thought about that, too. In fact, I posted on my Keith C. Race Facebook page a few times. Yeah, Wayne's what? Oh, Wayne Norman and right? Pete Nichols. Pete's about thirty. So round it off. Yeah, it's about thirty-five looking, years. You're looking, no, you're combined. You're looking at over eighty years. Yeah. of local morning show radio right. experience. And as Jim Bohannon, God rest his soul, said today on Wayne's replay, yeah. he said, "It's remarkable that you've been there all that time." <laughs> 
Unbelievable, unbelievable. We have so many exceptional potential guests that we could line up in the show. I'm so excited. Uh, first ever Hometown Threads in the books. My name is Keith C. Rice. Again, thanks to my father, Colin K. Rice, uh, executive for Nutmeg Broadcasting and Hall Communications, for joining us to tell us a little about the start of WILI. Look forward to joining you next week on Hometown Threads. Again, Tuesdays, 5.05 to 5.30 on 14 WILI 95.3 FM. Wednesdays on Willimantic Today Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to reach out, you have an idea for a guest, or maybe you'd like to be a guest, you can email me, krice at hallradio.net, or just search for me on Facebook, Keith C. Rice. Thanks again.